One of my guy friends had a good analogy. He's like, women with lip filler is like men with cologne. Like you can't smell it anymore, so you just keep putting on more. But no. everyone else is like, wow, this is strong. Do Botox to the scrotum, men? but some oh. some doctors do. But I'm thinking, wait, wait, so can you really make that area look better? I don't think so. so. Wait, what does Botox to the scrotum do? Just relax. <laughs> I don't know why That's that would be better. R-O-T and let me present to you the Rotten Podcast. The Rotten Podcast. How do you want me to say it? Rotten. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. All right. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Rotten Podcast. We're on episode 23, and today I have a special guest with us. She is Dr. Anita Patel, board-certified plastic surgeon based in Beverly Hills, and is the reason behind my nose, my face, my fillers. Everything looks so good on me. So this is your first podcast, so we're popping the cherry. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Thank you. (laughs) It's good to be here. Yeah, so this is our, what, third guest we have? This is our third guest, yes. And I'm I'm excited for this because this is something that I have so many questions about and know nothing about, but Mm -hmm. I'm definitely interested and intrigued to learning a lot more. Because I think from a men's perspective, I just have a bunch of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I feel like now so many more men come in. So, yeah, I'm happy to Well, I guess just off the bat, why do you think more men are are coming in? I think a lot of the stigma that used to be around plastic surgery or even non-surgical treatments is kind of fading away and as soon as some guys get something done and they talk about it I feel like all of a sudden other guys are like oh should I be doing this and we used to joke when guys would come in they would always say am I the only one who does this I'm like no just none of you talk about it to each other that's so funny (laughs) what would you say the like split is is it is it 60 40 or females versus men it's way more women at least in my practice it's Mm -hmm. still like I would say 90 percent women or more and then maybe the other 10 percent men but I think some offices get a lot higher percentage of men because they are trying to market only to men okay so what typically are men getting done is it more just botox filler it's a combination i mean most commonly it's a lot of non-surgical things i'd say the most common is botox and then probably the second most common is morpheus which is a microneedling and radiofrequency treatment so they look good and fresh without having had done any fillers or anything else it's your own so that's just microneedling on the skin to like rejuvenate it bring but it's like blood four cells. millimeters right yeah because i know matt has actually done microneedling before because i gave him like a little derma roller which i, I know, know isn't supposed to be done but is it's that like, not supposed to be done well <laughs> you you could say i mean okay so there's traditional microneedling which is probably what you did usually you start with shorter needles and progress to deeper okay um and then but you, we were also doing this for my scalp okay yeah for my hair so it wasn't something i was doing on my face but i don't know if it's the same thing we usually for scalp we do prp or prf injections as opposed to microneedling but um some people microneedle and then lay it on topically i don't know if that's what you were doing i was just kind of she just <laughs> watched a bunch just of videos and like a like a 0.1 millimeter oh, okay. needle just so he could roll his head because <laughs> there was a time there was a time where i was starting to get really sad and self-conscious that like i was my hair was thinning okay and um 
Tiffany did a bunch of research and was like, there's options. There's so many things you could do. Look at this video. And it was this guy's transformation where he was microneedling his scalp and doing a bunch of stuff and his hair was starting to grow back. So I never really stuck and stayed consistent with it, but it was. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I noticed with a lot of males. They don't stay consistent with their skincare. Like they they yeah. know it's good for I've them. I've actually been way more consistent yes. with my skincare for sure. But I have a lot of work to do on my face. And I've been getting mad at Tiffany lately. I'm like, yes. you are responsible for this. You need to step up. I'm like, you both look great. So no, he gets doing? mad at me. I like, got mad at her the other night. I'm like, you the, you are responsible. How do I have a, a fiance that is a beauty influencer who gets all the products in the world sent to her and her man is not fully up to speed. And so she was she with her tail between her legs, she walked out of the room and came back and started um, doing an eye mask and eye mask on me. And I'm like, okay, this is what we're talking about. I need more initiative on you this. Know, actually, now that you mentioned that, I we do have some like men, as long as we give them exactly, like we have to write it down and say, okay, this is what you're going to do in the morning. This is the order you're going to do it in. And they follow it to a T and they call back. They're like, all right, I'm out of the products. Can you send them again? So if I feel like they need that direction. And then that's what I'm always yeah. telling her. I'm like, give me the direction. Give me the mask. Tell me to do this. <laughs> give at me night. the routine. Yeah. Give me the routine. And See, what I do is I get beauty products sent to me because just because of PR yeah. and I'll just stick it in his bathroom being like, oh, he'll like read the directions behind no. the no. product. She and do drops it everything. And then I get mad. I'm like, you're, you're not helping me. She's like, I keep putting products in your bathroom. I, I don't know what to it's do so with funny. these. Yeah. What do you expect? I don't know what to do here. But actually the hair um, is such a popular, I feel like. For men, that's a big deal where they get really self-conscious, even to a point where like a woman may not care about their hair as much as they do. But I, I don't think women understand how how much thought it takes up and how long ago it started for me. Like I started to recognize this maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my hair, you know, and it starts to become a very negative association. You're looking in the mirror. And as I've gotten older and older, I've gone through different phases of accepting it and then rejecting the thought and then getting, you know, as the different as my hair started to thin more and more. But it is very yeah. like I get so self-conscious and I, there's been so many times where I'm like, I don't know where to I'm like sad. But Tiffany has always reminded me there's options, there's different things. And there's something I wanted to ask you about is. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear so many guys going to Turkey to get their hair done, <laughs> what do you which think is what my, which is what my, um, planning on doing it. I am planning wow. on doing it. I want to get a hair transplant. I'm and only laughing because I keep seeing memes about like <laughs> a guy who before he went to vacation in Turkey and when he comes back, he has luscious hair. And that's what I was thinking of when you said that. But there's options before you get to hair transplant. So if I feel like if someone's coming in, they're like, it's starting to thin or, um, I mean, I had a patient who, like, kind of jokingly, she's like, I'm going to send my husband. He's probably past the point of return, but just see if it works. So we did one treatment, and even the first one, it was so So what is the treatment exactly? So we, so we draw your blood, and then we, we put it in a centrifuge, and it separates your platelet-rich plasma from, like, the red blood cells and everything, which are trapped in this gel at the bottom. And then we take the PRP, and we actually convert it to PRFM. So PRP is platelet-rich plasma, and then PRFM is platelet-rich fibrin matrix. So it's almost like a gel, but of your own platelets, but it doesn't turn into that gel for about 15 to 20 minutes. So during that time we inject it into the scalp. Mm. I actually did it in 2020 because I don't know, stressed out. <laughs> my hair is getting thinner. Is this the same thing as a vampire facial that the Kardashians do? Or is it different? Well, the, the topical, like the product, yes, okay. but not the, like for the vampire facial, it's usually after microneedling. Oh, but with this, you're actually injecting, ah. so, but it, it totally helps. And it, and it works. So you're injecting it. It's it's 
topical, right? So you're well, just no, rubbing so the you're cream. you're not rubbing it on. Like, okay. so say, um, depending on what area you have the hair thinning, like, so I was trying to do like the temple area for myself. And so that's where I injected it. But for a lot of people, men and women, they're doing the entire like top of the um, head or for some men, just the crown. And is it just a one-time thing? And then you kind of... No, you would do three in a row, like six weeks apart. And then... Your result isn't going to be immediate. And we tell people to not even expect their result before their second treatment, but most people already start noticing it by then. And then like a few months after is kind of when it would be at its best result. And we also say to do hair supplements at the same time, because none of these things are going to be like foolproof, 100% working. But if you're doing a combination, you tend to have better results and maintain them. Mm. Like if you're taking, mm. say you do a series and then you stay on the supplements all year, I feel like you have less like return to that point than people who skip the supplements because then we do a like a repeat session sooner for those patients okay so two questions to follow this up number <laughs> one i want to know how He's much does that typically how much does that how much does that typically cost to do that procedure i want it so it's always better to ask my office because i'll get but i'll guess to me i want to or say, you can give me just a rough range yeah. so people who are listening are like it's in the tens of thousands it's oh, in right, the thousands right. the hundreds like so just usually a rough ballpark. like a single session is Anywhere from like twelve to sixteen hundred, or yeah, twelve to sixteen hundred. Okay. And how many sessions would like a male or anyone need? Uh, usually, we just recommend starting with three. There's some people that will add a fourth and fifth because they're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I, w- I don't want to stop yet." Mm-hmm. But for most people, they'll do three and just kind of see how long ah, it lasts. Them. So typically, yeah. between like three to six thousand, you would say to do around three to five treatments. Yeah. Do you recommend medical tourism? Because I feel like I've heard a lot of people going to Mexico for surgeries, going to Turkey for a specific surgery, going to Korea. Is there, I know other than like the cost of savings, what are other things people should be wary about when they're traveling abroad for surgery? This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. I mean, I think the main driver of like the tourism is the cost, Mm -hmm. but I think it's really hard because if someone asks me, who should I see for plastic surgery in Mexico? I actually don't know. And I don't know the vetting process there. Whereas I do know it here, but I feel like most patients here also don't vet their surgeons in the U.S. They just have a certain level of trust. Like, Mm. oh, well, if they're in practice in Mm. this zip code, they're fine. But that's not true. Like anyone can rent an office suite, you know? (laughs) What? So, and there was a big push, I want to say like 10 years ago to like everyone saying, oh, make sure your doctor is board certified. So in our specialty, like the only board that certifies plastic surgeons is the American Board of Plastic Surgery. But mm-hmm. there is another, um, what they call themselves a board, and it's a cosmetic surgery. So it sounds better, but they're actually not a recognized board. And you can be part of that as a non-plastic surgeon. So Can I ask, what what's the difference between a board certified versus non-board certified? Is it a test? Because I would think, or I would assume everyone's board certified because they pass the test yeah. to become a plastic surgeon or am I crazy for thinking well, that? I mean, you would think that, but it's not true. <laughs> so, okay. So once you do your like med school, four years, okay. then you do a residency for plastic surgery. It's anywhere from five to eight years. And then after that, for our boards, you have two separate boards. You have a written board exam that you have to pass first. And that's usually the fall after you graduate, you take that. 
And then you have to collect all of your surgeries for that following, I want to say 10 months, and okay. you have to turn all of those in, and including everything, like what procedure you did, the operative know, all your pre-op, post-op workup, even how you did the pricing. Um, so if it's insurance-related, they want to see your billing, because they're trying to see not only, like, do you have the knowledge and the skills, but do you also have ethical like the way you do things is ethical and not You're like you a know, moral shady. compass. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll, you know, and it's, it's a lot. And then when you, so after you turn all of that in, they decide if you're even worthy of sitting for the oral board. And so the oral board exam is kind of wild. Like you, everyone goes to one hotel, like when I, the year I was doing it was in Arizona and each room, like you go to three different rooms. You don't know who's going to be in there, but, um, like you just have two people grilling you. So it'd be like you guys giving me the boards and you're not allowed to give any facial expression. It's you, oh. would, you would ask me a question while I answer, you cut me off and you ask me. And so it's just back and forth. And then you have no idea if you did well or not because you just be poker face, right? And it's almost <laughs> like talking to patients who have a lot of questions, right? <laughs> well, no, because I feel like that's more fun at least. <laughs> and I feel like if they come in with questions, it tells me, okay, they prepared mm -hmm. to some degree, which I think is good. But no, this like it's like a nerve-wracking thing. But all of those people you interview with or you know do the boards with, they decide if they think you meet all of those criteria. And then if you do, then they they pass you but they might even just um, say you can't come in because they don't think you did enough surgery that year or they don't think the variety was enough like if you only did breast augmentations all year they can't tell if you're a good plastic so surgeon. so it's almost like a board certified plastic surgeon happens after you've had some experience so you start off as non-board certified right. and then be okay okay so most people will get their board certification a year or two after they graduate so how do you get if you're only recommending working with board certified plastic surgeons, how do non board certified get business or how did you get business oh. for starting out? Um, I feel like the people who are, maybe this is not nice to say, but I feel like people who aren't board certified, they're incredible at marketing because they know they have to position <sighs> themselves in a way. Whereas I feel like a lot of us who did all of that, like we don't think it needs to be said when it actually does. Cause otherwise the public doesn't know, you know, so yeah. it's very different, but, um, Mine, I grew mainly organically word of mouth, but mainly because I don't know how to tackle. The, I mean, you're an expert at social media. I am not, but I just do my best at trying to put out before and afters. And like, usually my patients are the ones referring other patients and a lot of doctors in town refer and everyone that ever asked me where I get my work done, I'm like, please go to Dr. Patel. Like, Thank she's you. amazing. That's so sweet. I mean, you looked amazing before I ever no. met you. So these are little <laughs> little tweaks. But <laughs> I definitely need a, a more of tweaks. Matt's looking is, at me this like, is dangerous this is not because, what I want. No, no, no. No, I think um, for me, I'm like, this is dangerous. It's like when we had a tattoo artist come to our engagement party, mm -hmm. just getting to know. Now I'm like, all right, I'm going to start getting tattoos. <laughs> And now I'm like now that you know Dr. Yeah. Patel, you're like, wait. <laughs> well, when you can trust in someone, right? I feel like yeah. you're a genuine person, at least from just meeting you and having this conversation. And it definitely opens up my willingness and curiosity. What are things that have stigmas that you don't think deserve stigmas? Oh, and then yeah. also following up with that, what are things that people should do that are preventative that maybe aren't as invasive that are just good practice those are great questions I'm like okay so if I start with the first one I mean I think it's good that overall like plastic surgery has less stigma but I almost feel like sometimes the most popular procedures get such a bad reputation like for the last, I don't know how many years, but BBLs became huge, right? Mm -hmm. um, and everyone credits the Kardashians for the curvy figure, and everyone wanted to all of a sudden have 
really full backside. Whereas when I was growing up, nobody wanted, like no. everyone wanted to be the super heroin, thin. And heroin <laughs> chic. What yeah. was that the, the term? <laughs> exactly. And so it got a bad reputation because I feel like with any trend, once it gets past like a normal anatomical like range, like I don't know. I feel like some people took it to a level where it almost looked cartoonish and it doesn't look like a real figure. And, and I don't know if sometimes those patients realize like they're drawing attention. Yes, but they're not turning heads because people think, wow, this person looks incredible. They're turning heads because it's like, wow, what's going on? It's abnormal. Yeah. So I think there's that danger there, but, um, I don't know. I think the procedure itself, like when I, like at least the patients that come to me, they want a really subtle one. And we actually posted one this week, but it was with this other product called Renuva and it's subtle and it just looks really pretty. And, you know, some people will joke, well, she could have done squats or whatnot, but these are patients who've already tried that, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not building there. And, um, I don't know, other things that I feel like have a lot of stigma surgically, I don't know. The trends keep changing so much. I feel like for a while breasts, the trend was huge breasts and now it's not. Now most people are trying to go for ones that are kind of moderate size or Mm -hmm. small, like augmentation. I think lips is something that has a lot of stigma because there's so many that are done so poorly or overdone. For me, at least on the outside, I would say I have the most thoughts about lips. And I guess just when I hear Botox in general, I have so many questions about it because she's taught me so much about it being preventative. I guess when my, my association with Botox was getting it done, you're going to have a very stiff face. You're going to need to, I'm, my fear is doing it will make me have to continue to do it. And I guess that's like the scary part is, oh, if I start, then I can't stop. Or Actually, what happens after you just decide you don't want to keep doing Botox anymore? I think that's such a great question because usually if someone's coming in for the first time, that's one of the things they say. Mm-hmm. They're like, if I do this today, do I have to do it forever? And I tell them, usually the reason people keep doing it is they like the result. But if you do it once and you never do it again, you're not any worse off than had you never done it. And actually, if someone does it a few times and then they decide, like, I'm just going to skip it for a few years, they're still in a better position because for that many years, they prevented either having wrinkles at all or having them kind of set in (coughs) a little deeper. So you'll see patients that, like, if someone comes to me in their early 20s and they want to do it, like, one, they barely need any to even create the result that they want to get. But I don't know. I feel like kind of protective because I don't want them like overdoing yeah. all these things early on. You can make yourself look older, but if it's done well and like really like almost like baby doses or sometimes we call them actor doses because they want to keep all their movement, but not get the wrinkles. So we go super light. Um, that is a big one. Cause I'm very expressive and I don't want to yeah, lose are. any of my expression. <laughs> well, and there is a range. So like if someone comes in, if you do it just a little bit, you can still move. You just don't get the wrinkles. But if you do a lot, you are frozen. There are some people who love that look. But <laughs> most people, especially men, don't want to look like that. And um, and sometimes guys will specifically request, like, okay, can you leave some lines here? Because mm. I, I want it to look as if Little, we're not doing anything. Yeah. yeah. So it's safe to say then a lot of the negative pushback and thought about Botox is really just poor practice. Or people whether it be the doctor or whether it be someone asking for too much, but there is a healthy balance where yeah. it's very preventative for aging. And it's actually, is, is there any health benefit aside from just maybe keeping your skin healthy? Maybe there's some preventative cancers or skin diseases. I don't know. It doesn't really affect like the chance of you getting skin cancer or whatnot, but there is, um, 
Okay, so if you're holding a lot of tension, like say if you frown a lot, I, I have my own <laughs> forehead treated so I can't fully do it. But if you're, if you, oh, and I'm one of those people where I would always frown when I was focusing and I'm focusing all the time. So I was starting to get, you know, mm. really deep lines there. And when that, when you have that area treated, you almost can't generate that tension on your face. And it's like this feedback loop where you can't be as stressed from that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It actually that makes feels sense. great to have yeah. Botox. It feels like your forehead feels less heavy. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I could feel mm-hmm. like maybe there's, there's like parts, tension. like there's some tension where like it wants to, this so is I turning into like- a whole consultation <laughs> about me and like, you know, getting my hair and face done. Um. <laughs> well, one thing it does help though is if someone has acne. Like the Botox yeah, yeah. helps oh, that. okay, yeah. And I it can, can actually that. shrink pores too when you're putting it really superficial. Like mm-hmm. we have this little device called Aqua Gold and you stamp it into the skin itself and then it shrinks the pores and... Um, oh, I need that. It's it's such a cool treatment. It doesn't really hurt. Like it's great. Um, Because you're talking about how some people take it a little too far. Are there any instances where you've had to say no to a client or a patient? And what was yeah. the reason behind it? I mean, that happens for... Botox, it happens for non-surgical and surgical things. Mm-hmm. And it's always one of the hardest things to say because you're, I mean, you're trying to do it in a way that doesn't offend someone, but at the same time, like for me, I'd say the most common time I'm saying no is for lip filler. And it's Makes usually sense. people who've already had lip filler and they look so good. And what kills me too, is it's always like, I feel like gorgeous women that just forget that the lips are already Yeah. And it's one of my guy friends had a good analogy. He's like women with lip filler is like men with cologne. Like you can't smell it anymore. So you just keep putting on more. But everyone else is like, wow, this is strong. But it's like you kind of your mental like image resets. Mm -hmm. And it's I don't know. They just kind of keep wanting to add more. And so I try to say, like, can we wait three months and reassess or can we wait one month and reassess? And and there are some I've said no enough times because I think they're on that border of looking just way overdone and I know they'll go somewhere else and get it and that's okay I just don't feel like it's a good call I'm I'm glad you actually do say no though because I feel like some people have taken it too far and it's their doctors or their injectors or whoever it is allowing them to do that which Mm -hmm. I think is also another thing is not everyone who injects filler has a license or am I crazy like they're not actual doctors some of them are nurse practitioners and some of them aren't even nurses so, or am I wrong? Um, no, well, that's <laughs> I'm like, okay, so every state is very different. In California, you have to be either an MD, an RN, or you can be an NP or a PA. So those okay. are the four criteria. But there are people who are not any of those things that are t- injecting and not really, I think they just don't share that part. And mm-hmm. a lot of patients, like we were talking, they don't ask, are they board certified? And, and actually, I forgot to mention the part I was going to say. So everyone figured out like, oh, you need to say you're board certified. So then there's all these board certified like radiologists or something else that shouldn't be injecting anyway. And so they put the board certified. They just don't say in what. (gasps) So then you have to figure out, okay, what are they board certified in? And usually the only people leave out what it's in are people that are in a field that's not related to what they're doing. Uh, So for people who don't know, and I've picked up on this by listening, I don't know what being board board certified means. Oh, yeah, I forgot. But I'm assuming it means that you are certified to be able to inject. No, like that, as long as you have a medical license, technically, like any doctor with a medical license could be doing that. And they can actually even do surgery they're not ever trained to do. So the legal aspect of that, as long as you have your medical license, you could be doing it. But board certification, you don't have to be board certified. But for plastic surgeons, if you're not, you can't actually operate at a hospital. So if you, yeah. And so, but it's, it's additional like um, test taking on top of that. 
And then there's, I think, 24 boards that are recognized. And, and then there's all these fake boards that try to put themselves gotcha. on equal footing. So they, so they could also say they're board certified by the Board of Cosmetic Surgery, which isn't one of the recognized boards. I've but it's seen that one. Yeah. I've actually seen a doctor that had that. I know. Oh. And and the thing is, like... It's like, you guys are, like, not worth it. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's one of those things that if someone's been doing this for 20 years, even though they started out with some other credentials, like, they have experience, and mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean they're a bad doctor. No, but it just, they weren't, you know, or the training wasn't, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the same. <laughs> but, um, but it is, it's okay for nurses to be doing it, as long as in California, you have to have a doctor see you first and at least agree with like what the plan's going to be. So oh, if you go to like a med spa and you never saw a doctor and it's a nurse who starts injecting, which is common. I mean, unfortunately, like before you, that actually was where I was going for oh, my really? ambassadors. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so good to know that was not okay. <laughs> I never saw the doctor once. It was just the nurse practitioner. Well, nurse practitioner, they actually are allowed to, but the, oh, okay. but the nurses okay. aren't. Yeah. Okay. So it's RN versus NP and NPs have more training than the nurse or than the RN nurse. Okay. Yeah. So that was legit. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> I was going to say, shoot. <laughs> so what are other red flags you think patients should look for when they're meeting their doctor for the first time researching doctors? Are there sites to look into plastic yeah. surgeons as well? So I would say, um, as basic as it sounds, I would say the first site to look at is the um, California Medical Board. If you're in California or whatever state you're in, look at that okay. medical board and it'll tell you if if your doctor is actually a license, it has like a medical license, okay. which sounds so basic, but it, you'd be surprised. Like, cause there'll be some doctors who pretend they have certification um, that doesn't require them to have a license. Like they'll say, oh, well, I was, and this can actually happen. They're, they're a doctor in another country, but they're not allowed to practice here unless they go through all the stuff here. So that's one thing that could happen. But anyway, so check if they're licensed as a doctor, period. And then you look at the American Board of Plastic Surgery, um, and they have a doctor search. You can okay. search on there. And then the other things are like the aesthetic things. Like if you're looking at them and you're like, wow, that person like has an aesthetic. Like even a lot of injectors, like they love, like I think they're giving a patient that look because they love that look themselves. Mm. They have really done lips, like really full cheeks, but like almost like over the top yeah and if someone is going to be injecting and they look like that to me it would give me pause so it's like wow this is what you think looks good and it's not what i think looks good you no. know oh that's a good because then it's not probably never going to match yes. <laughs> like what you what you think will look great what they think looks great are not the same and that's the same with surgery like so when we see unhappy patients sometimes they're like i told you know i thought i wanted this for my rhinoplasty for example and what i got was this and they still look great but it's not what they wanted you know mm -hmm. so it's it's like meeting your surgeon's aesthetic or vice versa oh. which is a harder like it's more intangible like you can't you can't just check a test score or something but if you look at someone's before and afters like that gives you an idea i mean this is probably a hard question to answer but if people are so fixated on their look and getting work done do you think people are generally happier when they've done work or do you think it kind of takes them down a negative path of maybe over obsessing about how they look and once they start fixing one thing they want to start fixing everything and i know with tiffany for example she's like you know she list. does one little thing then it's <laughs> i want to do something more and so that's just something i've seen on the side but i'm yeah. curious your thoughts on that i mean i think i feel like you guys have great questions because i th that's such an important one like when someone's coming in it's like almost two different things that i'm trying to assess like one is whatever they're asking for like something like their expectation like physically is something I could meet or hopefully surpass like their expectation but on the other hand I'm also trying to figure out like even if this was perfectly delivered 
would this person be happy? And they're, they don't always match up. Like they could have the perfect result, but that doesn't mean they'll be happy. And someone else can have a result that is not perfect, but they're thrilled. So they're, it's, it's twofold. But I don't think um, everyone who comes in and wants to do something gets on a negative spiral for sure. Like, mm-hmm. And I think those patients that you are worried will be that patient, I actually don't want to operate on or right. I don't want to mm-hmm. treat. Because you know underlying there's something else they're coping with. And this isn't, like if someone comes in and they think getting a breast dog will prevent them from getting a divorce, like that's not going to work. Yeah. you know, Or maybe it will temporarily, but it generally so it's not going to work. do you feel any responsibility or obligation to maybe flag something or is there a more comprehensive approach along with the surgery? Like, okay, now that you've gotten this done, mm-hmm. this is something you should be practicing and thinking about, or maybe it doesn't go that deep. You know, you're just kind of hired to do your procedure, but it seems like it is, there are more components that it gets tricky oh, yeah. because like you're talking about, there is this psychological part that you have to, you know, assess but I know there's only so much you can do, right? That's the problem with even like the healthcare industry in general, where people get prescribed to stuff. Well, that I feel like that comes into play when we're trying to figure out like, okay, is this person a good candidate? And part of that is literally part of the consult. So say if someone comes in for liposuction and mm-hmm. I've had this happen, we're like, okay, I want you to do all these areas and then I'll be skinny, right? I'm like, well, I'm like, this isn't meant, <laughs> this isn't meant as a weight loss procedure. It's meant for contouring. I'm like, but you, I'm like, whatever I create, you have to maintain. Like I could make you as skinny as we could possibly make you. But if you then keep the same eating habits, et cetera, that fat's going to go somewhere, yeah. you know? And so, and they're like, but then we'll just do lipo again. I'm like, no, that's no. not how this works. <laughs> but I feel like there are places they'll be like, yeah, we'll just do it again. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I feel like to me, it just means a lot to me, like that they're doing everything, like, the wellness part mentally and the physical part because they go together and the the people who that's a good way feel of, the best that's the best way of articulating it that I couldn't the wellness aspect of it as mm, well yeah. is there like a mental checklist that people have to do before they get plastic surgery or is it it's never asked about um I mean there's not like a physical sheet or anything mm. we yeah. fill up, but I would say I don't know I feel like in a roundabout way it comes up in the consult like they'll tell us like you know, I've been thinking about this for four years and I finally feel like I'm ready or like in an emotional space to do it. And that I, I appreciate because yeah. I'm like, OK, they've literally thought about all the risks. They've thought about their support network. Like like when I worry is when someone doesn't have any support or it's kind of a like a last minute decision. I'm like, I think you should really think about it because it's you can't take surgery back, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm. yeah. I mean, while you're <laughs> saying this, I'm thinking there's I, I could see it from both perspectives. One you're not responsible for other people's right. You, if someone wants that, a surgery done, you can do it. And if you don't do it, then arguably they're just going to go somewhere else. Right. So wouldn't you want to give them the best procedure, which is one approach, right? Cause that is, approach, cause yeah. I think every surgeon's different to me. I do feel like it's my responsibility to, to account for all those things. And ultimately I feel like I feel like all, like for all of us, it should be, but, um, but you're right. There's a limit to how much you can do. And, even if you're like, um, say, a family practice or internal medicine doctor, someone comes to you with diabetes and high blood pressure, you give them all the tools, all the medicine to do or to take, and whether or not they take it or listen to your advice, you have no idea mm-hmm. until they come in and you recheck everything. But you can't make anyone to do, you know, do something. And but yeah, I just feel like if I personally don't feel like they're in a good place or a good candidate, I don't 
want to be the one like leading them down that path because I'm hoping that they'll get to where they need to be before like yeah. mentally you know you know what I really like to think about when it comes to like plastic surgeons you guys are artists like you I like to think really I was thinking person. that when she was talking about how like people come for a specific look and contour them right. into like they're whatever they want or whatever you yeah. want them to look like or like that is so cool i love that part but like have you had so patients that i've been coming to you for like because i've been coming to yeah. you for like three years and i've seen the difference between before and after well it's kind of like imagine, when you find someone for sorry to cut you off when you find someone that does your hair really well you never want to lose yeah. them and my my barbery does my hair really well you know he'll be like i'm going out of town i'm like how long you know like <laughs> You better not, or he'll be talking about business ventures. I was like, well, don't go get making too much money now. I still need you, you know, stay True. doing. So but. have you had patients that have been coming I to have. you Like I've been while. in practice since 2008 and I have patients who I saw, like I have patients. 15 years, yeah, congrats. From, and I have patients like literally 15 years of Botox or 15 years of whatever. And a lot of times they then send their parents or their kids you know for different things it's really so cute. you're contouring and like families <laughs> and generations now it's or like not their just... whole friend circle comes in it's so fun because you know and sometimes they'll come together it's like that's a, amazing i don't know you can do the fine family well matt's last name is fine and i'll <laughs> be a fine in the future so maybe it's a fine family <laughs> artist <laughs> That'd I be a great that. last name for a plastic surgeon, Dr. Fine. <laughs> Dr. Fine. I'd feel good about going there. <laughs> Maybe um, you should have been a plastic surgeon. <laughs> oh, man. You could be in the future when your name sure. changes. No, <laughs> I think I'm done with school. <laughs> um, but going into sort of a different direction, but also on the responsibility aspect, and this mm -hmm. is definitely something we could spend so much time on. Yeah. Um, within the past decade, there has been a rapid increase of sex change procedures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know it is such a touchy feely subject because there's so many factors that go into doing the surgery, um, the procedures. My question is where, what is the overall stance in the field of plastic surgery where these surgeries are, are becoming more affirming? popular? Yeah. Gender affirming surgeries. There's people that believe that there shouldn't be surgeries done by someone under the age of 18. Do you agree with that or do you think that it varies? I don't know because there are certain procedures that we do regardless of gender under 18 anyway. Like one of the most common ones or things I'm thinking of is otoplasty like for kids because you're trying to do it when they're younger so they're not bullied their whole mm. you know, school life. Is that um, ears? Yeah. Okay, my cousin what about had like that cleft yeah. palates as well. That's well, not even plastic. as babies. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Because I know there's a ban on gender affirming care for transgender children under 18, or that's what they're currently trying to push. So, do you think that would ever affect boob jobs for girls who want boob jobs when they're? Well, under are they 18? trying to push or that? Are they even allowed that? Um, I mean, I can't say I've ever had a patient under 18 show up for a breast dog. I'm sure it happens in places, mm -hmm. but. I mean, there are women less or younger than 21 who come in and or 22 and the breast um, implant companies like generally if you're getting silicone implants, they want the patient to be 22 or older for consent as opposed to um, saline. Just. Oh, why is that? I think because they feel like it's kind of on one hand, it's just an arbitrary number. Right. Yeah. But it's like they want someone to to be fully aware and informed. And I don't know if they think at 18 or 19, like you're not really taking it as seriously. And I will say in my experience with patients in general, when you're 19 and 20, you are more cavalier about 
any procedure. You don't think anything's that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. I think because it's all over social media now that it feels like it's less of a big deal, but there are real risks to all these things. Like even like filler, you can lose skin on your face. You could have blindness result, you know, like there are real risks. Yeah. With nose filler. Right. And I've had nose filler and I didn't know that until I was talking to you about making sure that you have the right surgeon or the right injector mm-hmm. putting nose fill in your nose or you can become blind i know and well and that's even, wild and it's i've yeah. heard a lot of tiktoks being like i'm a nurse practitioner here's like five places i would never get filler and number one is always nose filler and i'm like wait that's the only place i have filler <laughs> but i've never had an issue because i mean i have you well and there are safety zones and then no- there's even like like how quickly you inject matters um ju- there's just so many little like technique things that we can do to help prevent it. But even in the best of hands, like there are some really well-known, well-respected doctors that did the injection themselves and that happened. So it's not like it can Mm. never happen, Mm -hmm. but you want someone who obviously knows the anatomy for one and also has everything at their disposal. Like if something were to happen, like do they know how to manage or have like an awareness or even like the product in the office? Like for example, if you're, I think anyone doing filler should always have the dissolving enzyme in their office at all times, even if they never use it, just and that's as a not precaution. something people do across the board. I would, I mean, I would think most people do, but I, I think some people think, well, I'm never going to use it, so I'll just order it when I need it. But when you need it, you need it in that moment, not like an hour later or yeah. a day later for it to ship over. So we always keep it there, and and there's plenty of times where it expires, we toss it. But mm-hmm. I'd rather have that than ever <laughs> not like ever really need it, and I don't have it. And I'm trying to run around finding it somewhere, you know. So there's just a lot of like safety things that I don't know. I feel like it makes a big difference, but on the patient end, you don't know all those things. So I, back to your point, I feel like once you find someone and you trust them, you do tend to stick with them. And like little things, like say if you wish your Botox looked a little different one day, like they know exactly how to alter it because they know what they did last time. But if you go somewhere new each time, like they don't know how many units you need yet mm. and all that stuff. Interesting. So. It's so fun seeing her iPad because she has an iPad full of photos of me when I first came in and she takes <laughs> new photos every single time and you can see the difference in like my skin, um, like my masseters, my nose and it's, I was it's say so your hair cool. color. Yeah, my hair, hair color. That was, that was really the first cool thing I was thinking <laughs> yeah. of. Also, I'm starting to age, so it's like that's not that fun to look at, but but it's really close. neat actually when someone's been coming for years because we'll scroll back and we sometimes joke and like it's like you're aging in reverse because we're doing little things mm-hmm. like oh, throughout yeah. the time and they're like, wow, I look better today than I did three years ago. I'm like, oh, that's so great. I that think means I look you're doing your job. Than yeah. I did that means you're doing ago. a good job. Yeah. I love that part. <laughs> well, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Okay, so when I was a kid, when I was 13, I met my first like Wilhelmina model ever, and I was talking to her and I was so in awe of her because as everyone as a kid wanted to become a model or an actor or whatever it is. And I remember her being so adamant about how much she hated her knees and how they were dark and they were saggy. And she was like 19 at the time. Yeah. And it made me become self-conscious of my knees. So are there any times you're talking to a patient and they're just talking about their insecurities where it just affected your own self-confidence hearing people complaining about themselves? I think, I don't know if it's just being a woman in Los Angeles, you already overthink everything yes, probably. Yes. But I mean, I've had patients just flat out ask me like, oh, well, why haven't you gotten a breast dog? I'm like, I don't want one. <laughs> like, but wow. I don't. That's I, just rude. What? It's usually women who like their only version. I'm of assuming they, I'm sure that they're assuming like anyone would just get this right. done if they could. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just like put my own breast in myself. Like, 
Well, just because they like their impression of the only beautiful breast size is huge to mm-hmm. like certain people. To me, I'm like, no, I'm like, I like running and they're already like, if I gain weight, they're in the way. Like, I don't yeah. want them any bigger, but it's such a personal preference kind of thing. But I, I don't think because I feel like I'm at a point where now I feel like I've literally heard every body area obsessed about knees. I'm like, oh, yeah, like people <laughs> like complain about that all the time. But areas that you wouldn't even think bother people or like, um, what's the craziest thing you've heard? Uh, there's so many crazy <laughs> things, but like one that I hadn't really thought about until, um, someone else mentioned it is, um, they didn't like the creases like right above the wrist. Like I know everyone's hands age, but like she Wait, specifically, I do have creases. I mean, everyone does, but like that was an area she didn't want That's to so get funny. worse. Um, there was another person like mm-hmm. between your big toe and the first or the, the second one. Yeah. They, they didn't like that there a tiny little wrinkle was developing there. So people will obsess over any area and it's just I, I feel know. like those problems occur when you're so perfect. Now you're just like looking for random things like Matt had said. Like it just <laughs> you go down a wormhole all of a sudden it's your your wrist creases. Well, I'm just wondering why it's not as popular for men. Um and then on the yeah. follow up as well, like there isn't much you can do right if you're to like there's a lot of work on a genital oh, on a man's genital. Oh I mean, you know, the most it, common it, joke I get from men if I just meet someone socially is like, oh, do you do penile reductions? I'm like, very funny. <laughs> like, I've heard this so many that's times. <laughs> that's, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> but I'm saying those surgeries aren't normal. Not normal. I'm sorry. Those surgeries aren't that common. You don't hear about those things happening. And so I guess as a guy growing up, you don't like go through the world thinking yeah. that you can change things about yourself. Whereas I guess that's more. And also I grew up in the Midwest, which is not too. as okay. <laughs> Wait, um, where did you grow up? Michigan. Okay. Oh, I nice. grew up in Chicago. So I always like far. have a soft spot for like, Midwest, Midwest people. Oh, Midwest people love Midwest I love dating people. Midwest people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> but where I was going with that is like, it's normal for a woman to be able to change her breast size. You know, if she wants to get a butt implant, whatever those are, BBL. Mm-hmm. And so I guess psychologically, he's such a dude. A woman, a woman has the ability to change the things that might make her insecure, whereas a man doesn't. Well, I don't know if they don't or if they don't seek it out as much. But it's funny that you brought up like for genitalia, because for women now, I mean, so many things are analyzed just about labia, like the fullness, the skin texture, the skin tone like vaginal tightening, like all of that stuff is analyzed and women are all over it getting, mm-hmm. you know, filler to their fat transfer to there. And then for men, I don't know. I mean, of course, I mean, I, maybe I'm just not getting those patients who want to aesthetically improve that area, but, and I don't do Botox to the scrotum, men? but some, oh. some doctors do, but I'm thinking, wait, like, wait, so can you really make that area look better? I don't think so. so. Wait, what does Botox to the scrotum do? Just relax. <laughs> I don't know why that would be beneficial. I honestly, I've never done it on a patient, but, um, but there are surgeons (laughs) who do it. Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) So there's things out there. Yeah. It almost feels very taboo. Like what, what does Botox relax it? (laughs) Well, cause there's muscle and so it makes it lower. Well, that would be what I would think. Right. And then, but it would look maybe a little smoother, but honestly, I don't know. It is a very interesting skin. It just like, you know, kind of like laser hair removal to the area. Jesus, that sounds like it would fucking hurt so bad. bad. (laughs) Like you numb it or and like, (laughs) you should see how hairy this man is. This man is hairy. hairy. Yeah. I feel like the most common areas guys come in there for are actually back and shoulders. But 
less commonly. Tiffany's like, okay, he needs to get <laughs> the scrotum back. Scrotum, smoothen that out. Uh, he's getting wrinkles. Um, hair. Turkey. Jeez. Well, actually, for certain, like, one of the other common things is gynecomastia repair. Like, so if... Um, what is that? Like, if a guy feels like his, he has male boobs or... Oh, really? There's okay. so many different terms for that. But, yeah, basically a lot of fullness there because then they feel like it looks feminine. Or in a t-shirt, they're like, it looks a little too curved. So... So there's treatments for that. I mean, there's treatments for everything. I, I was know. just thinking about, I love the show Entourage. And there's an, a hilarious episode <laughs> where Johnny Drama is trying to convince his brother, who's the star of the show, to give him money so he can get a calf implant. He's like, God! <laughs> In the whole episode, he's like staring at that people's so calves. Funny. And guys are walking by and he's like, what? And he's like, oh, I'm just looking at your calves. And it's the, it's the funniest thing. I totally um, forgot about that, but... That is really funny. Well, and there's people who do it, and there's peck implants. There, I don't know. I did have a woman once who. Actually, Tiffany, what was that look? You're like, yeah, maybe you need some of that. Like, what? <laughs> I'm just like looking at you. Nah, well, I'm I gotta be. I gotta be extra. You know, I gotta pick up on these signals. Tell me how you really just, feel you, here. You look. You know, I, I'm. I think you look amazing. Like you don't need to do anything. Minus maybe a little bit of Botox is the only concern I have, which is why I'm giving him a bunch of retinol, and I tell okay. him. Do not use this like crazy. Use this every other day and do a little bit. Yeah. And then when I ask questions, no, when I ask questions, she yells at me like, what are you doing (laughs) using two pumps? I go, you never told me I can't do two pumps of retinol. He put Uh, so much retinol on his face. His skin was flaking off. And I was like, what are you doing? Well, especially because do you skip the beard distribution? Because then you probably don't even need as much, you know? Yeah. Well, I try to get it in there. After. Well, to my point, I'm just saying she expects me to know and then acts like, idiot, How'd you? why would you do two pumps? Didn't you read the box? And I'm like, isn't this all just like cream on my face? Yeah. Now the, the directions are specific. Half a pump, one yeah. pump, two pumps. I have to be like very specific with you. Yeah. It's okay. Anyways. We'll work on it after this. Well, that's good to know that like, you know, like hearing about people's random insecurities hasn't affected no. you about your risks. I feel like some people are very impressionable. And I think with being a plastic surgeon, you have to have some sort of thick skin and mental stability that it doesn't affect you. But I feel like. Well, I feel like if you ask. You also probably see the worst of it as well. You know, what's funny that you say that, like, so when someone comes in and before they've undressed, they're describing what's going on. And. They will describe it as if it's the worst thing mm. you've ever imagined. Like They'll Tiffany change, being I'm like, like, I'm fat. That, yeah. <laughs> and no, I'm like, like Tiffany. I'm feeling fat stop today. It. Not like I know I'm fat. Like <laughs> so there's a difference between feeling it and then knowing you're not actually. Okay. Yeah. Just, just putting you on the spot to make sure me on the spot. we're recording that. And <laughs> okay. I'm gonna be like you're, just gonna, you're gonna show me this episode every single time I say I'm fat. <laughs> But yeah, and it, and so in their mind, it's a much. It looks way worse because mm-hmm. we. You're right. We see like on the far end of the spectrum and on the super mild end, and most people are somewhere in between. Um, I have yet to have someone who described it really awfully, and then the physical description actually. It's usually way milder, just because mm-hmm. to them it's the worst they've seen, but it's not the worst I've seen. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Because I'm sure we all have body mis- dysmorphia to a degree, solely, or is that not true? Well, I feel like that term is a lot stronger but maybe that's the wrong term yeah. but in the sense of like we're so biased to our yeah. seeing ourselves mm-hmm. every day in our thoughts about what we tell ourselves our story yeah. that all of us must have some form of bias to the way that we actually look to other people no i think that's very true and i i think that's why that whole like social media um 
like movement to like restrict certain things for kids. I, I get it because they're trying to match filtered images, not even like an actual person who just happens to be beautiful. It's that beautiful That's person true. who's That's also true, edited yeah. everything and then they want to look like, and it's just not, I don't know. I just feel like I feel be that so way hard. too, even myself as a full grown adult yeah. who understands that you know people are using filters. I'll still look at girls on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is being like, wow, like how do they look so good? I do too. And it's like, we know there's all those things, yeah. but it still makes that impression on you. And and even like there's certain things that now people think everyone should look like, like um, when you're seated that you shouldn't have a single wrinkle on your abdomen. I'm like, that's not what most people, including models, including what? the thinnest people, you know, like they have that, but they airbrush it all out. And so on Instagram, it looks like there's that's nothing. That's insane. You know? I'm so far from Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm here this. like insecurities I would have never thought about because <laughs> I, I have seen some increases, but I didn't know that was something like people like made a concern for them. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the list is endless and like... I don't know. I mean, if I thought of all the things I could change, I mean, there's all kinds of things I could change yeah. and I'd be like, well, this would be an improvement. This would be it. But yeah. I don't feel the need to like at this moment, you know, it's but are you active... comfortable sharing with what you have changed? Cause I, yeah. I'm always curious if plastic surgeons actually fix themselves in any way or not. Yeah. And I actually, I love when people just put it out there like, Hey, I did this surgery and like some of them will post their recovery online, which I think is really cool too. Oh. So I haven't done anything surgical like for, <laughs> okay. So I've been doing Botox or Dysport since over 10 years like 14 years you look but great <laughs> your skin looks really good and then i'll do like periodic lasers or actually lately i've just been doing the morpheus 8 i did three of those um and i did face and neck and actually i think i did chest two of the three times and it just makes everything like smoother and like more collagen etc i've done filler like little amounts over the years in so many different places so it's like <laughs> i did a little lips i think at one point i did a little cheeks chin but I'll do like, it's funny because once I'm I guessing had, you do this all on yourself, right? Or do you have well, someone else the, coming in and doing it for you? I'll do the Botox on myself. The filler I have, but I don't recommend it just because it's not as easy to do in the mirror on both sides. Like I'm right-handed for that oh, at least. that makes sense. And yeah. then you're doing it backwards and on the other side. So it's hard. But that's the problem. Honestly, if I feel like most of my friends or colleagues that do injections, they like a different look than I like mm -hmm. and they like it to look more done. So... Once when I had someone do my lip filler, like probably eight years ago, um, she had the full syringe. I was like, okay, I only want a tiny bit. I'm like, I want you to do the smallest amount you can imagine doing. And she's like, okay, so you just want me to start there and then we'll just do the rest. I'm like, just start there. So she did like either a fifth or a quarter. So it was like oh, less than a half bit, of yeah. a half. And then I was like, okay, that's good. And she's like, what? She's like, don't you want to look sexy? I'm like, nope, I'm good. Cause I knew what her sexy was yeah. and it wasn't what I thought looked good. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. nope, I'm good. And she's like, we're just going to waste it. I'm like, yes, waste it. Cause I'd rather have it wasted than looking crazy on me, you know? Yes. Yeah. So it was fine. But, um, but yeah. And that's like every, I don't know, everyone's aesthetic so different. So mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. And so we joke like me and some plastic surgeon friends of mine, we're like, if any of us does something crazy, like we have to tell each other. <laughs> So I have told one <laughs> friend in particular, I'm like, what you did need they to get cool done? It. I was like, you need to cool it with a filler. And oh. she was like, really? I didn't notice. <laughs> well, that's that's the point. I'm glad you're <laughs> honest That's why I'm with telling him. you. Yeah. I know. And she laughed and she's like, you know what? I want to say thank you. She's like, no one else said that to me. <laughs> I'm the only one I'm being honest here. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so, I mean, I, I see and hear that you have a lot of plastic surgeon friends that are females, but I feel mm -hmm. like plastic surgeons that are females are pretty rare when it comes to the entire space. Yeah, it really is. And I why mean, is that? I think for every surgery specialty, it's just because the lifestyle to get there is hard. Well, in the lifestyle after it could be hard depending on mm -hmm. your specialty. But in my class, it was me and three guys. But like one year. Wait, there was only four of you? 
So, and that's a big class for a plastic surgery program. Like, there are usually like two people in that <gasps> class. What? So it's hard to get a wow. spot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there's just not that many women. Even my parents, like, when I chose that, they're like, well, why don't you do something else, like, with a better lifestyle? Like, meaning, because the training is insane. Like, when I did, well, back when I trained, they didn't have that 80 hour rule. Like, right now, you're only allowed to be in the hospital for 80 hours a week. And so we would be there like 130. I remember it was, it was nuts. Like you'd get home and you were trying to decide like, should I eat or shower or shower or sleep? And I always felt the need to shower. So I would shower so you first. you only get to pick two of the so three. You must have, Cause you felt like you didn't have time or the energy to do all three. And so I'd shower and go to bed. Like, I'm like, I don't need the eating part. And there were times like I would sit down in the shower. Like that's how many hours we were there. You're like exhausted. You're just like sleeping in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane to me. Uh, yeah. And so then they restricted to 80, which is much healthier, but it's still not a normal amount to be working. No. You know what I was going to say, like, you're like, only 80 hours. I go, yeah. only 80 hours? I'm like, I'm tapped out at 36. Well, and now <laughs> right. I work like 40. So I'm like, this is great. Lifestyle. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. great. Yes. Well, thanks for like, I mean, you're coming in on like one of your days off. So like, I, I really appreciate yeah, that. Of course. I'm curious too. Like for most men, I guess I could speak about myself, like wanting to obviously stay looking young. Mm -hmm. have hesitations reservations about getting botox is there a certain age where people should start to do it because it's preventative i don't think of it as an age thing because i've seen some people in their early 20s that look like other patients look in their early 30s so it's very individual and part of its lifestyle like if someone's smoking they tend to age a lot faster or if they're in the sun all the time without sunblock, they tend to age faster. Do I need sunblock in the sauna? Oh, um, okay. Never no. mind. No, wait, I, you why, said I heard sauna too for a second. Yeah. I'm like, if you're in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm you like, said, now the sauna. I thought you said sauna. Oh, no, no. I was like, uh, okay. He was like, I'm in the sauna 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Cause then when you said that, I'm like, is there sun in your sauna? Like, <laughs> I was, but I actually like in my office all day, just from the sunlight from there, I'm wearing sunblock just to mm. be inside. Yeah, so that's I don't think something I'm trying to do thing. more and more. How yeah. old do you think I am based on my skin? <laughs> based on your that's, profession. That's your skin actually and it's okay. good. So I don't you can be well, honest. I did my skincare, but I would love for you to be honest. <laughs> 47. <laughs> no, I actually hate playing this game. Because I well, that's why like I'm putting I you on the spot. <laughs> you have a certain level of credentials to be able to, you know... <laughs> Your I will response. say, when I first met you, I thought you were like 34. Well, thanks. You definitely look in your like different decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I <laughs> like answering that. I'm but. totally comfortable in myself where even if you say older, I will not well, take offense. Men are allowed to get old and grace, yeah, I know. grace and age gracefully versus women where we're, we have to stay looking young just because of the... Men still fear getting old. It's like, you know... But, like, you see the white silver foxes. Yeah, like people, the salt and pepper like, looks Yeah, sexy. people yeah. look at older men being like, oh, yeah, he's hot. But I think that's like something maybe that's more how women feel about it. But mm -hmm. I think on both sides, right, a man... Like, how often do you see, like, a really good silver fox-looking man? It's the same thing you could say about, I'm sure, as, like, a you know, sophisticated, older, sexy woman, no, right? I feel like there's a lot mm. of good looking. I feel like, really? like girls yeah. my age will look at like Pedro Pascal, who definitely doesn't look young, be like, oh, he's such a hot older man, but not so much with. Like if we said, what's a hot older woman? Could you? <laughs> could you yeah, 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 that's a great, here's, here's Lisa the Lisa Vanderpump, because we've been watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah she she's okay. a little too much, I think, on the. She's starting to show her age a little bit. Yeah. Now. I haven't seen her, I because I remember watching that show when it first came out, but I don't watch it now, so I don't know what she looks like now. But, oh, but back to the real question. Amazing. How old do you think I am? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just give a rough range. 20 something to early 30s. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that, that could <laughs> be like, anything. He's 31. He's I'm 31. Fine. Okay. I was going to guess younger, actually. 
Really? But your skin does look good. Well, I did my skincare, but I, I feel like <laughs> I have such fair skin yeah. that it, I'm constantly getting like sun um, spots. sunspots and like. Th- so there's, so if you, like say if you didn't want to do any treatments, there's topical things to kind of keep that at bay. And some of our patients that they're, they just know they'll be outside all the time and not recover from like an IPL or something. Mm-hmm. We'll put them on a skincare regimen that kind of keeps that at a minimum. So you could do that. So does it, treatment. will, is there skincare treatments that will actually remove sunspots or is it like once you get them, you kind of can't undo it? Actually, um, retin-A helps already, but um, there's other ingredients that brighten like kojic acid or niacinamide, things like that. And if you're always on those, like it tends to fade and then you just are trying to prevent new ones. But if you want to totally get rid of the current ones, then I would say do a fa- photofacial or a peel or something. Yeah, I'll book and you. And those are like low intensity Maybe for your birthday or anniversary, I'll book you something. <laughs> yeah, take care. This is your, this is your department. You're, you know what? You spend all this you're time working on yourself, and then you get mad at me, and you're like, this is the face I have to look at. So I do. I told I you you need to step that's up. That's fair game. I will say. Yeah, I do go, take care of your man. You're not Jeez. taking care of yourself. I mean... I think, you know what, I think you have become a lot more open to it because I feel like when I first met you, I told you about sunscreen and you didn't want to hear about it. And now you're starting to believe it. There's a lot of people, even like my dad and other friends, they don't want to wear sunscreen. Yeah. And to me, as I've learned so much, to me, that sounds insane. But people's common belief is that I'm putting chemicals on my skin and this isn't good for my skin. And actually the sun is good for me. Well, you could do a mineral one. So it's not the chemical version because there, there's different types of sun protection. It's funny. I can't get my mom to do sunblock either. She's like, <laughs> that's surprising because you're, you're, you know, you're like South Asian as well. And that's, I know, but that's I think all that's we why think she about. Thinks like, she's like, no, I'm Indian. I'm good. I'm like, yeah. no, you just because you have some melanin doesn't mean you're good. Like, yeah. You need sunblock. <laughs> Well, my mom is the opposite. She's like out of the sun 24-7, covered head to toe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my friends I traveled with, like she had a sunbrella. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, can I borrow that? (laughs) That's. I actually saw someone walking down the street yesterday that was- With an umbrella. With an umbrella. But he was African-American. So I was a little like, not to like put, I was a little shocked because I was like, normally like a lot of people who are darker toned, including me sometimes, I'm like, I don't need to wear sunblock. I'm fine. Also, I get a really great tan. (laughs) I'm fine. I have such a sun sensitivity that I have to wear it or I get uh-huh. like, I don't know, my skin gets so red and irritated. Not like a pretty tan. It just yeah. gets like red and itchy. It's not good. Oh, really? But, yeah, Are so you allergic to the doing. sun? My yeah. sister is as well. Tammy. It's super annoying. Yeah. I wear sun sleeves when I drive. Um, what happens when funny. you have like an allergic reaction hives? to sunlight? Um, it's not not exactly hives, but like the skin will just get bumpy and red. And if I scratch it at all, it's so itchy. It's It seems I'm putting like Benadryl lotion on. Like oh, it's just man. a nightmare. So... I always do sunblock when I'm out, mainly for that. But because sometimes it feels so good just to sit out in the sun, but then I feel like I pay for it later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was so nice having you Thank here. You for Literally, me. this was like my favorite episode we've filmed in a very long time. Like I feel Hello. like I was laughing the entire time. I learned so much. I yes. have even more. <laughs> You're like, I, have I have to. I've had to stop myself for the sake of the audience. I wanted to ask for Tiffany, million more questions because <laughs> I have so many questions. But we'll have to talk okay. offline. I got some. <laughs> Tiffany, bust out your checklist. Oh my gosh. And the checkbook. <laughs> checkbook and checklist. Yes, I'll do it. it. <laughs> well, hilarious. I mean, I, I do want you to maybe promote yourself in any way. Like you do amazing boob jobs. That's kind of what you're known for, correct? 
I feel like that and tummy tucks surgically are probably my most popular. And then we do so many non-surgical things too. But I mainly because I love the artistic side of it all. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So if you guys want your body contoured by someone <laughs> that is actually board certified by <laughs> the American Association of Plastic Surgery, is that what it's called? American Board of Plastic Surgery. Okay. <laughs> but there is another one that's ASPS, which is another credential. Oh my gosh. Have, but yeah. Don't trust the other ones. <laughs> Don't trust the other ones. Um, but I'll leave your socials down below. I believe it's okay. just Anita Patel, Anita Patel MD, yeah. correct? For TikTok and Instagram. Yep. Yes. All right. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you, guys. you guys. That was fun. So thank much. you so much. That was amazing. <laughs> if you guys are new to the podcast, make sure you guys subscribe and rate. Give us those five stars. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.